Greetings, my name is Adam Draycott, and you're watching the online ministry from Inverell Anglican Church, prepared for the 7th of May. And our sentence of scripture comes from 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. And it is wonderful. Let me read it for you. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Uh, as we think about growing in the grace and knowledge of our Saviour Jesus, let's, uh, let's sing praises to him now. Let's pray. God our Father, look upon us with love. You redeem us and make us your children in Christ. Give us true freedom and bring us to the inheritance you promised. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. Uh, our Bible readings today, 
outlined on the bulletin are Mark chapter 4, verses 26 to 32. Psalm 1 and 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 to 9. Let's pray. Father God, help us to use this time well. Grow us in Christ Jesus, that you would be glorified. We ask for your help in Jesus' name. Amen. On the 2nd of August, 2009, this parish held an AGM and adopted a mission statement and five biblical core values. Here we are in 2023. Do you know them? Do you know our mission statement? Do you know our five biblical core values? Uh, now, if you're tuning in from elsewhere, maybe uh, you're not going to know. So maybe the question for you might be, what do you think they might be? What should they be? Uh, I'm going to invite you to brainstorm with a person nearby, especially if you're in our 6.30 congregation. Uh, greetings. My mum says thank you. I'm sorry I'm not there. Uh, now that Matt and Tinica are going to pause the video so that you can answer that question. What is our mission statement? What are our five biblical core values? Now again, I mentioned this talk is the first in a topical series covering our purpose statement, our mission statement, sorry, and our core values. Um, and we need to consider what are they? What are they and what do they mean? It's been 14 years since we talked about this, it feels like. Uh, and they need tweaking. And I'm not talking wholesale changes, I just mean minor adjustments. For example, we might change the language of mission statement to something a bit more contemporary like purpose statement. Uh, a purpose statement spells out the why. A purpose statement tells you and everyone else why we exist. And again, what is the answer? What was our mission statement? Do you remember it? Well, let me tell you. On the 2nd of August 2009, this parish adopted the following. Here's the answer. St. Augustine's Anglican Church, Inverell, exists to grow in Christ. Now that mission statement was then abridged to be a slogan that became growing in Christ. Dot, dot, dot. Oh, what are the dots for? Apparently you were meant to keep the slogan open so you could keep thinking and chewing on it. Growing in Christ, dot, dot, dot. But here is our purpose. Here is our why to be growing in Christ. Now, what happened in 2016? Oh, the Draycots landed. And I said at my induction that I love this slogan, Growing in Christ. It is great. And I also said the thing about growing is that it can be painful. Growing pains are a thing. Growing is tiring and scary, but also exciting. And it's absolutely necessary. Now, why is growing necessary? Because one, that which is not growing is dying. 
Two, because growing in Christ is what the Bible calls us to do. So let's get together. Let us together grow in Christ. But we need to unpack it a bit more, don't we? Growing is positive. Growing is progress. It's a process. It indicates improvement or increase, doesn't it? So it's a thoroughly good thing. If that's what growing is, then how might we as a church grow? I want to say, I want to suggest two ways. The one way we might grow as a church, firstly, is by multiplying as our numbers increase, as we seek to welcome people in to the church family, but also as we look outwardly and seek to reach the lost. This is how we grow. It's super important for sustaining ministry. How else might we grow as a church? If not just physically adding to our numbers, but also spiritually as spiritual growth. Growth where our relationship with Jesus grows and matures, where we grow spiritually more and more, becoming like Jesus. That's right. Growing is the first word. And what was the second word? What was the next word? Growing. You are correct. In. The word in points us somewhere. Uh, here is the trajectory of our growing. And it's important because it tells us the word growing in. It's just not an end in and of itself. This isn't just like an exercise in self-improvement where we get praise for reaching a goal. Like, you know, look at me, I've got a new haircut. Uh, I guess you need hair for that. Uh, or I've changed jobs or I lost weight or gained weight. Uh, I'm not talking about those kinds of improvements. Growing isn't the end. That's what I'm trying to say. What's the end? Well, the end is the next word. Growing in Christ. Christ is the object of our growing. He is the goal. And so all praise goes to him. Our purpose, our why, is to become more and more and more like Jesus. All right, Adam, you've been talking for six minutes. Nice talk. Give us a Bible verse. You haven't even opened the Bible yet. Uh, okay. If you insist, let's open up to Romans 8, 28 to 29. It says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. And what is the good? Can you see there in verse 29? The good is that we would all be conformed to the image of his son. It's incredible. How's that for good? Here is our purpose. To grow. To be conformed to the likeness of God's son, Jesus Christ. Here is our why as a church family. Here is your purpose as an individual, as a, as a Christian. Here is the very why of any Christian's life. It is that we be changed and transformed, that we would grow in Christ. So here is a prayer for one another. Dear Heavenly Father, grow us, change us, transform us to be more and more like that of your son, Jesus. 
Here is a prayer for one another. Here is a prayer for our parish. Please pray this for our parish. Father, grow us in Christ that you will be glorified. Amen. Easy prayer, but powerful. Big, big prayer. Here's another Bible verse, because you asked. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. Paul celebrates. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more. And the love all of you have for one another is increasing. See, your faith in Christ, Christ is the object, is growing. Christians, see, Christians aren't described as regressing in Christ or deteriorating in Christ or declining in Christ. That's not a picture here. Those who love Jesus are shown to be growing in him more and more. And more. All right, Adam, but you say that. What about backsliders? What about slackers? What about the immature that never seem to grow up? Or the just plain naive? Or the ignorant? How do you explain that? How do you explain such people? And I go, indeed. How do you explain it? Because that which isn't growing is... Is not growing. And it just highlights the encouragement, really, doesn't it? And it reminds us why this, this slogan, this purpose statement, is such a good one for us. Keep growing, people. Keep loving Jesus, people. Don't waver from him. Don't stray from him. That is not the go. The go is to be growing in him. Peter commands to Peter chapter 3 verse 18. Here was our sentence of scripture. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. It's a command. So growing in Christ can never be minimized. It is important. It is essential. It is commanded. Being Christ-like is how we glorify God. All right. But then you say, but how? If Jesus is the end, how do I grow? How do I grow in Christ? Well, there you could turn to the person next to you and ask them. Why don't you do that? Question, how do I grow in Christ? As you thought about your answers, I reckon they might be similar to this bloke. Uh, John MacArthur, Keys to Spiritual Growth. Uh, he is an American uh, Presbyterian, famous. Uh, he says in chapter one, the master key to spiritual growth is reading your Bible. So read your Bible more, like you haven't heard that before. Uh, there's another chapter on obedience, so do better, please. There's one on confession, prayer, go to Bible study, fellowship, turn up to church, be witnessing. It's a real how-to book. I wonder if his answers match your answers. How do we grow in Christ? And so just, just to be clear, the how of growing in Christ is apparently doing these things. Is that right? If we follow this process, these disciplines, then you grow. 
Our question, is this the way the Bible talks about growth? What do we hear in our Bible reading? 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I, Paul, planted. Apollos watered. But who gave the growth? Who gave the growth? God. Paul says again, neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Who gives, just to be clear, who gives the growth? God. God gives the growth. The background to this text is church leaders being treated like celebrities, superstars. Tribalism is rife around preferred leaders. Uh, Factions are being created. Uh, I want to say to you, it's a worldly view of leadership. In fact, that's what Paul says. You're being worldly. And when, when on earth would that happen, right? I recall landing in this parish and multiple people said to Adam, Adam, you have big shoes to fill. And how did I respond? I said, thank you, but I brought my own shoes. I actually should have pointed them to 1 Corinthians 3. Because 1 Corinthians 3 tells me, you know, Adam Draycott, he isn't anything, and neither is the previous bloke. I should write him a note. Dear Bishop, 1 Corinthians 3 says that you're not anything. Cliff Ainsworth, you're not anything. Or Ralphie Evans or Cannon Battersby. You can insert any name from Rogue's Gallery if you know what that is. See, the point being made is that growth is not about my giftedness or my lack of giftedness. It's not about gifted vicars or non-gifted ones. It's not about you. It's not about who you like or who you don't like. It's not about strategies or slick sermons or pastoral prowess. You're thinking in a worldly way, the Apostle Paul would say. Stop being worldly. Yeah, staff, clergy play their role. We have a job to do. And yeah, your pastoral team is desperate to see our church family growing in Christ. You've got to know that. We are. But really, here is the comfort. Who makes it grow? Who makes it grow? Verse 6. God has been making it grow. Verse 7, only God makes things grow. So growing in Christ isn't something that can be conjured or contrived or forced or shoved into place. It's not even something that we're necessarily aware of in the moment. But it is something that we can look back on and go, wow, look what God did. Look what God has been doing. He gave the growth. Hallelujah. Praise God. We can do that because it is God who grows his kingdom. And so we give him all the praise. And can I say this is also true of physical growth or just spiritual growth or discipleship. Physical growth where our numbers increase when we multiply through the fruits of good welcoming or evangelism. Mark 4.26 was one of our readings. Jesus also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. 
Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. It just happens. Sure, we scatter the seed. Sure, we're preaching the gospel. But we are powerless to make it grow. Because God gives the growth. It's all of his grace. It's all of God. Remember that. And so again, this should push us on our knees. Uh, sometimes the staff will hear me pray. Psalm, I'm riffing on Psalm 115, verse 3, I think it is. O Lord, you sit on your throne in heaven and you do whatever you please. Lord, would you do something? Would you please bless us and grow us in Christ? Grow us spiritually. Add to our number for your glory. Amen. Simple prayer. I commit it to you. So God, he's the great supplier. Right, but this is where you say, Okay, Adam, that's nice, under God. But under God, how? How does he make us grow? And there's lots of answers. I reckon suffering is one answer. I didn't find that in the book, by the way. Um, God uses life circumstances. He uses a crisis to grow our need and trust in him. Absolutely. I think there are other gifts as well, though you wouldn't call suffering a gift. Uh, maybe you call it a grace. Uh, there is the gift of one another, the grace of one another. See what I did there? The body of Christ. Um, is it true that within the body of Christ there are some people that are <clears throat> grace growers? Is that right? Um, character builders. Um, God puts people in our lives that knock off some of our edges maybe um, others yet are super super encouraging I think that's right God uses one another the body to build serving is another way God grows us when we chip in and have a crack songs of praise occurred to me is that an avenue of growth if it's done right and well is there anything else oh okay alright God's word the Bible of course we got there didn't we God's word is a grace to us and we are right to treasure it. Absolutely. If we want to grow and experience Jesus, then we've got to get to know him through his spirit-inspired word. Absolutely. No question. But again, hear this point clearly because being a Bible person isn't the end. Loving Jesus is. It's not like you know, what a recipe is to a final cooked dish. Use your imagination now. It's not like what a car manual is to the experience of the actual car. It's not like what a love letter is to a lover. The Bible is way more dynamic than all of those examples. But do you get what I mean? It is the sword of the Spirit, absolutely. It is the primary means of fellowship, I think. It's the sword of the Spirit, I said that. But it's not the end. We want to be Bible people, yes. But the end is Jesus. We love him and serve him. And so we need to pray, Father, as we read your word, as we live as Bible people, show us your glory and show us the wonder that is your son, Jesus. 
that we would know him more and serve him and love him and glorify him. Our focus in all of these things, whether it's suffering or people or singing or whatever it is, our focus must ultimately be Jesus. Our purpose is to grow in Christ, spiritually and in number. The Bible tells me growth is God's department, but he also provides the means in all sorts of ways, which, yeah, includes the Bible. It includes prayer. What a gift prayer is. And it includes other people. Absolutely, other people grow us. (laughs) The church Gathering as the body of believers as we encourage each other and spur each other on towards love and good deeds. They're all means of God's grace. Expressions of his kindness to us and expressions of our love for him too. We read the Bible because we love him. We pray because we love him. We're committed to the body because we love him. They all serve to make us more and more like Jesus. But again, only as our focus returns continually to Christ. I want you to hear that. Colossians 1.28 is our last Bible verse. All right, Jesus, Christ in you, is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature, perfect in Christ. Maturity in Christ is the goal for all God's people Here is, in Colossians, described our forever future. Here is our eternity. This is where we're all going. This is where we're heading. So don't be found napping. Don't wait. Our purpose is now. So let's, together, grow in Christ. And as we do, may God be glorified. Amen.
uh, as we open up God's Word and consider those questions. Uh, we saw there's lots to pray about, and I gave you some examples. Um, so please, let me encourage you to pray to that end, that uh, God would grow us in Christ Jesus. That he would change us and transform us to be more and more uh, like His Son, and that God would be glorified above all else. This is our purpose as Christians. This is our purpose as a church family here in Inverell Anglican. Uh, on the blue screen is our normal uh, prayer points. Please use that as a guide. Remember, you have a resource called the Bible. You can pray the prayer. Our Lord Jesus taught us to pray. Again, I point you to uh, some great, great examples from Paul's letters, uh, great examples of prayer. Use them as a platform for prayer. Um, pray for our missionaries. The Newmans, as they finalise their deputation here in Australia and get ready to head off. And also Gil and Ruth. Uh, what a blessing our fifth Sunday was. It was an absolute cracker. Thank you to all who contributed, but most especially to Gil and Ruth. And we continue to uphold Ruth in prayer uh, following her, her, her surgery during the week. Brothers and sisters, let me close with these words of encouragement from the book of Jude. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God our Saviour, be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen.
Jesus said.